You're listening to Core of the Matter, the weekly public affairs show here on RLC, WVPH-FM in Piscataway, 90.3 The Core. I'm your host, Sarah Morrison, bringing you a very relevant, very interesting, and fascinating and unique topic every week here at 90.3 The Core. This week might sound like a rehash if you haven't been catching up or you have been listening, but it's not. We have some interesting news here at Core of the Matter. Three weeks ago, I aired a program on a practice called hydraulic fracturing, which is a method in which uh, water is extracted from shell rock and other substances that um, many environmentalists are concerned about the contamination of water drinking supplies and other materials that might get into water and into river basins and could effectively pollute our rivers and our drinking resources beyond consumption, which is a very scary thought if you think about how much water you drink in a day. And I got in touch with Jim Walsh of Food and Water Watch and Kate Millsaps of the New Jersey Sierra Club because some this bill has moved, this movement has moved from a very small ban, actually not a small ban, but a big ban in a small place called Highland Park, which is right in our backyard. Three weeks ago, Highland Park uh, Council um, passed this ban on hydraulic fracturing. It is the first one in the nation to have done so. In the entire country, the first place to do so was Highland Park. And ever since they got up and they did since they got up and acted, that's a big theme in this program is talking versus acting. Um, Highland Park got up and they decided to do something about it. And they passed this resolution completely different than towns across the nation have been talking about it before, really setting Highland Park apart as an environmental leader in the um, as a leader in eco-friendly practices, the green lifestyle, and really pushing this bill forward. And ever since we talked about it last, it got a lot of attention. And several other towns in New Jersey have since banned the practice. And we spoke with people on the last program who explained, even though Highland Park doesn't really do the practice themselves, they have the ability to get the ball rolling by standing up and saying, well, this is a practice that should not be continued. Well, Trenton heard, Trenton responded, Trenton listened, and Trenton passed a resolution banning hydraulic fracturing in the state. A short bill, about two paragraphs long, simply saying fracking should not take place in New Jersey a New Jersey property anywhere and everyone seemed to be okay with that only one per only a one senator voted no and 32 voted to ban it and right now the bill is sitting on Governor Christie's desk waiting for a signature and ready to go so the movement from in from a small place small bill small place Highland Park to state uh, to a state level banning in a month is mind-blowing how how short a time that took and that should that's something that should say something about the environmental movement in new jersey and their uh and their willingness to step behind an action like this and their desire to get behind a movement and really create some waves as opposed to sitting back and just talking about an issue to death instead of actually doing something about it so i want to have jim walsh on who is the original director of food and water watch right here in new brunswick and uh kate Millsaps, who was from the New Jersey Sierra Club, and I had them join the program with me today to rehash the importance of Highland Parks or uh, Highland Park originating this whole state, uh, this whole statement, and New Jersey really taking the leadership, Trent taking the leadership on, and people in New Jersey taking leadership on banning something that is so crucial to our own ecosystem and our own consumption of something as important as water. So I have Jim Walsh here. Um, uh, once again, this is Core of the Matter, weekly public affairs show here on 90.3 The Core. You can download our podcast at thecore.fm. You can subscribe. You subscribe to the podcast. You click above and through uh, via iTunes and you subscribe there. And you can get our programs. Uh, they're all up there from forever ago. So we have all up, up there. And you can listen to us at thecore.fm, 90.3 FM on your radio dial. And without further ado, here's Jim Walsh here from Food and Water Watch here on RLC. WVPH FM in Piscataway, 90.3, The Core. I wanted to do my Core of the Matter this week on a follow-up of the hydraulic fracturing ban that Highland Park originally passed because when I heard that the ban went from Highland Park to state legislature in maybe a month, I thought there was something, there's something record speed about that. And we've been on this for a while. We've been paying attention to the issue for a while now. And to see it go from zero to 60 so quickly, I thought was very, very interesting. So I wanted to touch base on 
we could start off with where the hydraulic fracturing ban stands in the New Jersey legislature right now. Great. Well, the New Jersey Senate and the New Jersey Assembly overwhelmingly uh, passed these bills with strong bipartisan support. There was actually only one person in the state Senate that voted against uh, banning fracking. And uh, there were, um, and, and so just tremendous outpouring of support for this from the legislature. Uh, that bill now sits on Governor Christie's desk where he can either uh, sign it into law, um, veto it, or um, offer a conditional veto. Um, he basically has 45 days to make a decision um, and has not stated his position on this uh, legislation as of yet. Um, and, and so it's, it's really at, at a point in time right now where uh, we need the public to make sure that 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 Governor Christie knows that this is a major priority for the public, and and it has been for for a long time. And you know, you had mentioned the Highland Park, you know, passing this, being the first municipality in the country to call for a state and national ban on fracking, and um, a and then you know, basically a month and a half later, um, we passed statewide legislation uh, on this, and and so. One thing is it wasn't just Highland Park doing this that caused it to happen, but Highland Park moving this forward created a lot of energy and and helped focus a lot of energy that was already there. Um, Nationally right now, uh, I believe we're up to around 63 um, local um, resolutions that have been passed around fracking. Um, And most of those are in New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, um, which are are some of the states right now that really um, have a lot to uh, look into around fracking, not just the about what's going on in their own states and potentially could be happening, but also around the Delaware River Basin Commission rules uh, that we expect to be uh, issued later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so those, um, do, should I talk about those rules now or do we want to cover those later? So I'm kind of getting away from the bill. No, you're um, fine. You've been, you oh, no, no, you're, don't, don't worry about it. It's, you actually hit on a lot of points that I wanted to bring back up. So we can, you know, pause part two and go back to part one a little bit. First, I want to know, has Governor Christie stated a position on fracking? Because I was under the impression that he didn't approve of the practice. He hasn't said anything about this publicly. Um, one of his spokespersons, um, had said that uh, the legislation was being reviewed by attorneys. Um, and it's really hard to say, uh, you know, what the governor is going to do uh, about this legislation. You know, th- with the amount of support that this issue has in New Jersey, um, you know, for, for banning the practice of fracking here, it's hard to see a situation where the governor would, you know, go against that. But I, I think that really what it's going to come down to is is strong public outcry because the gas industry is is pushing the governor to veto this legislation and and put it to a stop and what we've seen happen recently in the budget fights is it's not clear whether or not the um, overwhelming support that we had for this bill uh, amongst the Republicans who voted for it if those Republicans would be willing to um, vote to override a governor's veto. Um, it's not clear whether or not they would be able, they would be willing to do that, whether or not their um, party loyalty would trump that of their constituents. And so, you know, but the governor's, you know, held his cards very close to his chest on this and hasn't uh, had a position. One of the things that we're working to do right now is to, to put pressure on him, which everybody can do, is to make a phone call to the governor's office and tell him to uh, oppose this. And we're asking everybody, um, we have a campaign going right now, we're calling Call Today and Call Every Monday, where we're getting people to call when they find out that they need to call the governor to tell him to ban fracking, but also to call the governor every Monday. Um, we know that the gas industry and um, the other lobbyists don't, stop talking to elected officials after they have one comment. And we want to make sure that he continued to re- reminded and sees the growing support and phone calls that are coming in by increasing that number of calls that are coming in every Monday to his office. And if folks want to call the governor, um, they can grab a pen right now and, and write it down. Um, the phone number is 609-292-6000. And the message is simple. You know, Governor Christie, protect our drinking water. Um, support a ban on fracking in New Jersey. Okay. 
One thing I also find fascinating is that there was only one person out of 32 um, uh, assemblymen in in New Jersey State Senate. There's 40, 40 senators. There's 40? Okay, and 39 voted against it and one said no? Um, there were a few abstentions okay. um, that happened from the bill, people who didn't um, vote on it whatsoever. Um, it could have been because of a conflict of interest that they had, maybe a personal business relationship or something like that. But the people who took a position on the bill, um, only one of them opposed it. And in the Senate, do you have any tan- 11 in the assembly? Do you have any tangible evidence? Uh, you mentioned in passing a gas conflict of interest. Do you have any tangible evidence of that, or is that just something that you think might well, be standing think, in the way? You know, there's there's ethics laws that exist within the legislature, and, you know, legislators aren't supposed to vote on things if they have a, a conflict of interest in, in there. And so, you know, it very well could have been that. I, I don't want to speculate on what it could have been. It doesn't necessarily mean is that it's a nefarious thing that they voted against, you know, that they abstained from it or something like that. It, yeah. it doesn't mean anything except that they didn't take a stance on that issue. We would have liked to see them take a stance on the issue, and we think we would be, you know, better off if more legislators did it, but some of them potentially could have, you know, had a, you know, something that made it a, a conflict of interest for them. To, yeah, that, yeah, that's something I just want, that's something I just wanted to clarify, because it's, it's, it's not exactly the greatest thing to assume that there might be a a lobbying interest behind someone not voting for it, especially when the turnover was still uh, when the when the gap between yes and no was so large. So I just wanted to make sure that was clarified. And yeah. one other thing about Highland Park that even though you mentioned that there were there was already movements in gear over the state and the and Nash on state and national levels. The thing that makes Highland Park unique is that they didn't just talk, is that they actually acted. Because you could be talking about the issue all you want from from New Jersey to California. It doesn't matter if no one actually acted. So that's what puts Highland Park above and beyond, is that they actually got up and did something. They they wrote this legislature, they called on it, and moved on. They did. And, you know, they, they took a, a really strong position of leadership on this issue and really you know, where municipalities can, can do things on policy ends is letting their, their thoughts be known to um, policymakers. And we've seen a number of, you know, municipalities across the country that have taken action since then. Um, and, and I think that it did a lot to really just show that, you know, that this grassroots support is just bubbling up and bubbling up, that municipalities um, like Highland Park came forward and and uh, pass these municipal resolutions calling for a ban on fracking. And, and more and more of them are doing it uh, every day as, as time goes on. We're actually tracking um, on our website communities that have passed local resolutions um, uh, supporting a ban on fracking. Um, and folks can go there and they can actually download um, kits uh, that it contain sample resolutions, it contains uh, fact sheets and a little guide on how to get a municipal resolution passed. And, you know, so passing municipal resolutions around fracking now will continue to help move this issue forward in two ways. One is it'll, con- it'll put pressure on the governor to sign this bill to ban fracking, um, but also it will help build uh, support for banning fracking in the Delaware River Basin, which is another important decision that Governor Christie will have to make um, that would allow fracking to go on and uh, just west of the Delaware River in the Delaware River watershed and uh, in the Pennsylvania side. Um, also, parts of New York and New Jersey um, would be impacted um, by this that fall within those watershed boundaries that, where there is fracking. And so the governor has the opportunity to not just support a ban on fracking uh, in New Jersey by signing this bill passed by the legislature, but also by voting against regulations that would would open up the Delaware River Basin and literally tens of thousands of acres of land um, to fracking in in that region, and um, which, you know, poses a tremendous threat to the drinking water in New Jersey and across the region. Okay. The... Legislature, the legit, yeah, the legislature that's in that's up for Christie's vote right now. That has an effect on what happens in Pennsylvania and New York, also. Well, only in terms that it sends a really strong message to the governor that, that okay. the public really doesn't want this, right? And so the governor, you know, really has two places where he's, you know, has to make a decision on fracking, and you know, I, I personally. Um, you know, think that that he should 
you know, support a ban on both of these places. And, and, and the public in, in New Jersey supports that, that overwhelmingly as well. And we've seen that, you know, happen um, through tabling events and, and various um, community gatherings that we've had. We're in the process right now of uh, coordinating and planning meetups um, uh, in different communities around the state where we're going to be bringing together local activists um, doing some, giving them some uh, basic information about what's going on with the fracking campaign and how they can make a difference, and working to plug those activists into different events that are going to be coming up in order to continue generating uh, phone calls into the governor's office, continue getting um, people to sign petitions to support a ban, uh, not just in New Jersey, but <clears throat> also in the Delaware River Basin, um, so that we can make sure that, that the drinking water in, in New Jersey is is protected and, and isn't put in, in harm's way um, by, by fracking. And this brings me to another point about what the bill contains, because from my understanding, there isn't that much physical land in New Jersey that actually is targeted for hydraulic fracturing in the first place. So what exactly does the bill contain if it doesn't ban, well, besides for actually banning the practice on New Jersey soil, what else does it contain if there's so little potential for it actually occurring here? That's one of the things that the industry PR machine has really been cranking out in the gas industry, and that's been kind of one of their messaging points is, oh, this isn't real, it's just a symbolic message. Well, first what I would like to say, it is, it is real, and it is a symbolic message. I would say it's an extremely strong symbol that the New Jersey legislature is passing this, but it also has real impacts. New Jersey does not have the Marcellus Shale deposits that we find in New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, which are being fracked right now um, in Pennsylvania and potentially could be opened up in New York um, very soon to drilling um, and fracking. What we have is Utica shale deposits. The Utica shale deposits um, actually span through the three northwestern counties in the state, but also are far deeper than the Marcellus shale. So it... Uh, it costs the gas industry more, and it's more difficult to get at that Utica shale. And so right now, it is accurate to say that the gas industry is not trying today to frack in New Jersey, which is part of the reason that we were able, I believe, to get a lot of support for this legislation amongst the legislature, because there's the industry is not fighting us here in New Jersey like they're fighting us in New York and Pennsylvania. Now, Technology down the road could be improved to the point that they would be able to get at that gas more cheaply or that economic factors could change that would make it more cost-effective to get at that gas. What we've seen in, you know, across this region and across the country is 10 years ago, you would have never thought we would have been, we would have been doing the fracking that we're doing right now across the country. But there were technological developments and there were market forces that created this the situation where now there there's large scale fracking operations going on across the country. Changes to technology or market forces that would change that would bring the gas industry to our front door where they would want to be fracking. And so by the legislature getting out in front of this and actually passing this, um, when there's public outcry and public opposition, um, makes it something that, that is really important for the legislature to do. Um, and those protections might not be seen um, without the, a ban in place, you know, for a couple of years. But by, by enacting that ban, we're sure that those protections are in place and that practice won't come to New Jersey if technology changes or the uh, market forces change to make this a, a profitable endeavor for uh, to, to frack Utica shale deposits in New Jersey. So it's a mix of preventative and sending a strong message, and mainly just to make sure that this doesn't come to New Jersey at all. We're engaged in you know in a, in a national you know campaign to to ban fracking, and so this fight in New Jersey is is a major battle in that that overall fight that's going on across the country. And you know the New Jersey legislature passing this, <coughs> excuse me, um, ban has actually been, and one of the fears that the gas industry has is that this will, will be set as an example for communities across the country, and it already has been. You know, activists in New York are, are using the New Jersey example to push Governor Cuomo to extend the ban on fracking or the moratorium on fracking and make it a ban in New York. 
um, rather than repealing that uh, moratorium in place and allowing this practice to go forward. Um, activists in, in Ohio and um, in Montana, uh, we know, have been you know talking about this. There's been press coverage that, that's gone on. It's also important to recognize that, you know, in the same time that New Jersey passed the, the ban on fracking, all with basically in a week of that, the New York or the North Carolina um, governor uh, vetoed a bill that would have allowed fracking to move forward in North Carolina. And France, the European country, is believed to have the largest deposits of, of uh, frackable shale, actually banned fracking nationwide. Wow. In, in France. And so, you know, there is just growing and growing and building opposition to this process because the more the public finds out about what's going on, the more they recognize that we actually don't know a lot about what's going on. And what we do know is really scary because at the end of the day, what we're talking about is our drinking water. And, you know, we are in a situation where we have a lot of issues that are arising because of our dependence on, on foreign fuels and, 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 and problems that are depending because of our problems with fossil fuels. Well, gas is a fossil fuel, but if we're looking at this as an issue of a way to end our dependence on, on foreign fuels, I think we're going up the wrong street because what I would much rather be in a situation where we're dependent on foreign countries for our fuel supplies than I would be for our water. Because that's really, you know, the, the trade-offs that we're making. And an important point to raise is this is about our drinking water. And you can't drink gas. You can't drink money. You can only drink water. Then we need that water to live. We need that water to um, take care of our food supply and our agricultural systems. <clears throat> Without that, we will be severely undermining the national security of our country to not have access to safe, clean drinking water. And it's very important that we make sure that we protect that. That is one of our country's most precious natural resources. And without that, we would be in a serious, um, a serious problem. My name is Sarah Morrison, and you're checking out Core of the Matter, which is our weekly public affairs show here at 90.3 The Core, bringing you something unique and interesting and relevant to our area every single week. And this week, we're covering the um, hydraulic fracturing ban that just passed through New Jersey legislature that all started in our backyard, Highland Park. We're speaking with one of the forefronts of the movement, Jim Walsh, of the um New Jersey Water Food and Water Watch, and we're going to continue part two of our interview with him um, regarding the issue and what it means for us New Jerseyans. Only here on Core of the Matter, the weekly public affairs show here on 90.3, The Core. That's a sidebar, but I also wanted to bring up that I think it that personal point that you might not have drinking water is a little bit different than you're going to have to pay a little bit more for gas or oh an electric car might save you a little money. It's it hits it hits home a little bit because it has to do with con- physical consumption. I think so. That's an interesting comparison you bring up between gas and water that I actually have not heard yet doing this. Like um, but to keep going with that, what is the <laughs> I, I, I just never heard that. I never I, – interesting. So what's – so what other states practice fracking actively? Uh, we mentioned that before. And what have what have the problems been with their drinking water? And as a result, have the, have the water supplies had to adjust as a result to – There are – well, there's shale deposits, I believe. I believe it's 38 states that actually have shale deposits on them. And every state has their own regulations. There's basically – for all intents and purposes, no federal oversight of this industry. There is, you know, some oversight that happens, but because of proactive exemptions that the industry has received in the um, 2006 Energy Bill, uh, they are, don't have to comply with certain parts of the Clean Water Act. They don't have to comply with certain parts of the Safe Drinking Water Act, Clean Air Act, Superfund. These important federal laws that are meant to protect public health and, and the environment. And so now we're left up to these kind of this network of states around the country who are all kind of individually regulating this industry and coming up with their own rules, their own standards, uh, their own way of of overseeing this uh, this industry in their state. And what we're seeing time and time again is that because of this kind of loose, loosey-goosey type regulatory framework for this industry, 
um, it's been allowed to run Ramshot. You know, there's communities that, um, like, I think that, you know, Demic is one of the communities that has been um, really highlighted, um, uh, you know, as one of the areas, or, and, and, you know, uh, that, you know, has been problems. But, you know, just in this region alone, there have been a number of incidents. There was one community that is no longer, the Demic is no longer able to get their drinking water um, uh, from their wells. They've had to have it, had it trucked in. Um, there was, a, an, I believe it was Bradford County, Pennsylvania, earlier this year, there was um, a uh, gusher of, uh, that, that from a faulty blowout preventer, um, which is incidentally the same, uh, basically the same disaster, that, that same incident that happened in the Gulf that caused the, the um, uh, BP um, Atlantis uh, spill to, or Horizon spill to uh, happen, um, uh, I guess, a little over a year ago. Um, in that uh, spill in, in Bradford County, Pennsylvania, the blowout protector went out, and there was a gusher of fracking fluids that shot 75 feet in the air. People had to be abandoned from their homes because, and, and, and actually evacuated from, from their community because of this incident that happened there. The state of Maryland is looking into and, and moving forward with um, potential lawsuits um, to sue uh, Chesapeake Energy for the um, uh, for the incident that happened in uh, with with that blowout preventer going out because the state of Maryland is part of the like impacted because that's where the Chesapeake um, uh, Bay is and that's part of the watershed and so we know when things happen in in watersheds that everything flows towards the rivers and it all flows forward and it, it ends up in in Maryland. And so, you know, so, so there's, there's tremendous issues and problems that, that have come out from, from fracking that we've seen, uh, you know, around the place. I think one of the things that, that we need to do in New Jersey that this bill doesn't um, address, which we're working to get um, legislation introduced that will do this, is actually to protect New Jersey from what's going on in other states with fracking. So one of the mm-hmm. things that happens is when they when they frack a well, they have wastewater that comes up that needs to be processed, and that wastewater is usually trucked out to treatment plants, treated in those facilities, and then discharged into waterways. There also are incidences where they'll literally take this waste um, and pump it down into the earth. They'll drill very deep holes and just pump it straight down and just put it in those holes. Uh, they also have used the industry's also used processes where they'll have big open pits that they basically let everything evaporate off and then take all of the leftover gunk that hasn't evaporated to a landfill. And so there's concerns that, that particularly with a recent New York Times report that showed that the waste that was being taken to sewage treatment plants in many instances actually contained radioactive elements in it. Because what happens is when the water goes down and then comes back up, it brings with it all of the stuff in the Earth's crust where there's radioactive elements, things like radium and radon, um, that are then brought to water treatment facilities. Those treatment facilities aren't graded and able to treat radioactive waste. And so then that, that water comes in, it gets discharged out into waterways, um, still having the radioactive elements um, contained in it. And so that's a real, you know, concern uh, for, for New Jersey in particular, and that we would potentially have this waste start coming into the state. So even if we ban the practice here, we also want to, we're working to push for uh, measures that would ban the importation of fracking waste uh, into New Jersey, as well as to protect our water supplies from being used for fracking in the first place. When you look at the process of fracking, it uses literally millions of gallons of water uh, for this process to go forward. And in New Jersey, you know, we constantly are going through this process of flood, drought, flood, drought. And it, it has a lot to do with poor water management in the state. And allowing millions of gallons to be extracted, millions of gallons of water to be extracted for use in fracking wells in other states, which potentially could be transported outside of the watershed, um, you know, could, could be... Uh, serious, um, you know, serious problems for, for New Jersey and, and potentially could, could worsen our water woes that we already experience in the state. So there's tremendous potential for damage if this ever goes through. Is that, is that something that, that's something that 
groups like Food and Water Watch and Sierra Club have been actively highlighting and promoting, but this is also the first time I've heard of an active example. I've never heard I've heard of the could haves and what may happen if this occurs, but I never heard of this actually this practice actually being used in other states and it actually threatening major sources like Chesapeake Bay and we just have to look around the corner for us, especially in our area, for water water sources that have been extensively damaged because of dumping or putting foreign materials into the water. Welcome to the Raritan River. That's that's example number one. It still has sludge besides the years of cleanup efforts. So, is there has there been any emphasis on? Do you see the uh, on? Well, this is what's happening in Maryland and in other places, and you don't want this to replicate here. Or are you just sort of informing people about the potential dangers if it comes here? Well, I, I think it's—I think at some level it's—it's it's both, right? That there are, um, you know, there there are real dangers to, to fracking coming into New Jersey. Um, there's, you know, it, it's to your comments of the woods and coulds and you know things like that. Those, there, there's a lot of woods and coulds in this because a lot of it is we just don't know a lot of the, the, the things that are going on with this industry. And I can't guarantee that the fracking, the gas industry is going to come here and their activities are going to destroy our drinking water. I can't, I can't say that definitively. But I can say that it probably is going to happen. I can't predict the future, but I can look at what's happened in other places and say, you know what, there's a really good chance that could happen here. But it, I think it would be irresponsible for me to say it's coming to New Jersey and it's going to happen period, that's it. Um, I think it's very likely that it'll happen. It's a high probability of it happening. Um, but I can't predict the future. Um, but we've seen what's happened in other states. We've seen, you know, the problems with regulating this industry in other places. Really, you know, the stakes are really high. You know, it, it, even if this chance of a spill happening were to be small, if that contamination happens, the impacts could, could be disastrous. There's 15 million people who get their drinking water from the Delaware River. You know, the, your listeners in New Brunswick should know that the Delaware Raritan Canal is where most of New Brunswick's drinking water comes from, which a, a spill in the Delaware could in, in that watershed could potentially impact the water in the DNR Canal. And so, you know, even though you don't live on the Delaware River, the fact that, you know, you're, it's right in your backyard and the fact that your drinking water comes from the Delaware Raritan Canal um, you know, puts you at a, a sizable risk of, of something um, catastrophic happening to, to your drinking water. That's that's frightening to think that that's a possibility that something something so dangerous can happen to something that immediately affects my everyday life, my food, my drink, my everything. Sitting in our legislature and it can be banned and it hasn't been moving forward. Right, and and all we need is is Governor Christie to put his name on the dotted line. And that's that's really it. And and I think that you know the the fears are, are real, um, but and when we need to really turn those fears into into strong action, um, you know, if folks are interested in uh, volunteering with the effort, they can send me an email. Uh, my email is jwalsh at fwwatch.org. Um, we have tons of opportunities for people to plug in uh, to help build grassroots for this effort. And, and we're working, you know, every day to work to get calls into the governor's office, working every day to collect um, petitions on this issue to the governor, um, telling him to support a ban on fracking in New Jersey and the Delaware River Basin. And we need folks to get active. So whether they're just going to take a minute to make that phone call to the governor um, and, you know, ask him to make that phone call, um, or if they want to get more involved and help us get other people to make phone calls, we we've got opportunities for people to do that and and now is the time for people to get active and involved if there ever was one are there any negatives obvious negatives to passing this bill that there might be hesitation is there something that would obviously affect another industry or some other besides a special interest which is a whole different category is there anything that would immediately make people think, well, maybe we shouldn't pass this, maybe we should abstain or not vote it or not pass it? You know, I, I think New Jersey really has nothing to lose 
um, you know, by by signing this. You know, we've got a lot we could lose by allowing fracking to go on in the region. And, you know, our drinking water is part of it, right? Like, that's a major thing that needs to be protected. But there's also, right now, plans underway to build large-scale pipelines through the highlands, some of the most beautiful places in our state. And, and, and bring those, those same pipelines through densely populated parts of Jersey City. And we've seen pipeline explosions happen all the time. And you want to bring a 30-inch pipeline through a densely populated community. Usually when there's pipelines around communities, it's because we built a pipeline in the middle of nowhere and communities grew around them. We're not, you know, generally in the practice of building large-scale gas pipelines through through large through through highly dense densely populated communities but that's what's being discussed and what's underway right now you know as well as building this line through you know through beautiful pristine wilderness in in the highlands and so in you know doing this you know we've got a lot at stake and and by allowing fracking to go forward new jersey really only has uh, to lose by by that happening and we only have to gain by banning the practice in the state it will not only make sure that our state is protected from the actual practice of fracking, it will send a message loud and clear to the Delaware River Basin Commission and to the rest of the country and the world that, that you know, there are real serious problems with this issue, and we don't want it here, and other communities should really consider taking that action themselves. Great. It doesn't, that didn't touch on the actual content of the bill, though. Is there a place that people can go to read it? To get a better handle on what's going on, is it up online? The bill very simply prohibits the practice of fracking for gas in New Jersey. It's one line? Um, it's it's basically a paragraph or two. It's, it's not very complex. It's not very complicated. So there's it's, nothing hidden in it? There's nothing riding on its coattails? Nothing? No. You know, in New Jersey, you know, there, there are things that can be added and subtracted to bills, you know, but they have to be actually on the the actual merit of the bill you can't have a bill that does two separate things and so um it's you know federally there's always that that example and you know when congress is you know toying around or passing legislation that it'll have an unrelated thing on it or you know some weird thing this bill very simply um prohibits the practice of fracking in new jersey it says you cannot frack for gas in new jersey very simply it's a little bit more technical than that but that's that's what it does you can't get more simple than that. There's no issue. There's no conflicting issue in the text because I thought that's what might have been a mo- motivator for someone not signing it or not voting on it is that there's something in the context that they disagree with. No, it just very clearly puts uh, you know a ban on, on fracking in place in New Jersey. And if the governor moves on this, it would make New Jersey the first state in the country to ban this uh, this important pra- you know this, this this practice from going through. And that would make New Jersey a hero in some parts of the, you know, and especially in, for those who are environmentally conscious. Right. Well, New Jersey, you know, New, New Jersey has a history of being a leader on environmental issues. For a long time, New Jersey had some of the strongest laws on the books for environmental protections in, in many areas. And actually, you know, in, in many, you know, a lot of times California is the state that gets the credit for being, you know, the big green state. But New Jersey actually... Um, acted first on a lot of things that California then followed up on afterwards. And, you know, so I think that, you know, the slogan on, you know, the bridge is Trenton makes the world takes. Well, this is this is a t- chance for Trenton to really make and, and to send out a strong message for the world to take. And, and that's that we should be banning this dangerous practice. And this week we are following up on Highland Park as a leader in a national movement to ban hydraulic fracturing and that movement recently hit the state uh, legislature and we're going to speak with Kate Millsaps of New Jersey Sierra Club about that. Coming up right now here on RLC, WVPHFM in Piscataway, 90.3 The Core. I wanted to do a follow-up program on the issue of hydraulic fracturing because when we spoke, I believe it was three weeks ago, this was brand new language put into a bill that was passed in Highland Park, the first one of its kind of the nation, even though when I spoke with Jim Walsh today, there was a lot of talk about it, there was concern about it, but nothing was ever done. So to see it move, and especially seeing the issue move so quickly in three weeks to go from a town to a city to be passed by state legislators waiting for a signature, that's that's a huge that's a that's a huge accomplishment, and you guys should be very proud of yourselves for that. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about the status of the bill and where you can where we're 
you expect the bill to go from here? Well, right now the bill is sitting on the governor's desk after it was passed with an overwhelming majority um, in both houses with bipartisan support. And we are hoping that the governor will sign the bill as it is. What's will will anything will it be a problem if it doesn't get passed or if it doesn't get signed or is that something you're just is that a bridge you're going to cross when you get to it? Right now, we're working with our members to flood the governor's phones and emails with all the support for the fracking ban, and we hope that listeners will call up his office and let the governor know that they support the ban on fracking as well. And if um, if he does not sign it, we will go from there. Okay, what's the what are the potential routes that you could take? Is there oh this is something I touched upon with Jim when I spoke with him? Is there potential for or for the bill if it doesn't get passed? Is it is it companies that are engaging in hydraulic fracturing of their practices, are they just going to move in? Are they going to take that window of opportunity? Or is it not going to work like that if it doesn't get passed? Right now, the Utica Shale, which is the shale formation that underlies New Jersey, is not being targeted for natural gas development. So it wouldn't be that drillers would move in right away as soon as the governor takes action on the bill if he does decide to veto it. We're looking at at least 10 years before that is targeted for development. But if he does veto this legislation, it will send a very clear sign to drillers in Pennsylvania and New York that the DRBC, the Delaware River Basin Commission, will be moving ahead with uh, rules for natural gas development that would end the moratorium on drilling in the uh, Delaware River Basin. Because as the governor of New Jersey, Christie has a vote on the commission, and the commission is, like I said, reviewing natural gas development regulations, and right now he is the swing vote as there are five seats. Pennsylvania and the federal seat are for the development uh, gas development rules that would end the moratorium, and Delaware and New York are against the lifting the moratorium at this time. So New Jersey is the swing vote. So what he does with this piece of legislation will signal the future of gas development in the Delaware River Basin and what timeline that will be occurring under. If it doesn't get passed, and there are these, you mentioned the moratorium in New York, you mentioned these things, is it possible that there are laws that could regulate the industry to have it have less of an impact, or is an all-out ban the only way to keep, to guarantee that there isn't going to be any damage done to the environment or contamination in drinking water, etc.? Yes, well, um, we still want to move forward with addressing the importation of fracking wastewater and fracking drill cuttings into New Jersey from the Pennsylvania and New York sites, and address water withdrawals from New Jersey, because drillers have been known to travel many, many miles to find a water source that they can withdraw from and truck it to the drilling site. So in in the lame duck session and next year, we want to work to close some of those um, opportunities for drillers to uh, impact the resources of New Jersey. So we will move forward with that regardless of what happens uh, with the ban bill. So either way, even if the ban passes or doesn't pass, you're still going to seek for an all-out ban. Yes, if the ban doesn't pass, we will continue to work on getting the ban bill passed, but we also want to address some of these other um, other um, opportunities for fracking pollution to enter New Jersey and to work to close those loopholes. Can you specify some of those loopholes and explain how you would go about closing them? Well, I shouldn't have said loophole. I meant that right now, Fracking companies can bring their drill cuttings and sludges from the fracking sites and dump them in landfills in New Jersey. So we would want, we would work to end that practice if drilling does move forward in the Delaware River Basin. So the ban would be monumental, the first in the nation, amazing, but we still have a lot of work ahead of us to stop fracking from impacting New Jersey. And this is just the first step. So we hope that the governor will stand with us on the first step and we can work to further protect the resources of New Jersey against fracking in the future. 
So you really do see New Jersey as the epitome of a uh, potential environment leader in the country. Yes. If New Jersey, if the bandal is signed in New Jersey, we will be the first state in the nation to ban hydraulic fracturing. And it's critical for our state to do it because although we don't have drilling, we are going to be heavily impacted by drilling in Pennsylvania and New York. Um, just last month, Senators Lautenberg and Menendez put forward a bill to protect the Delaware watershed, basically for encouraging economic growth in the area and for conservation of the watershed. But it's, they, they found in preparing that like 100,000 jobs and $4.3 billion in annual wages in Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. So with fracking, we're risking our economy, we're risking our environmental resources, and we're risking our drinking water. So it seems to be a lose-lose situation for everybody. Exactly. Well, for the state of New Jersey, it's a lose-lose situation because we're not making any profits off of drilling. No jobs are coming to our state. We're not getting any tax revenue off of it, but we will be heavily saddled with the pollution resulting from it. Is there potential that hydraulic fracturing would bring jobs to New Jersey? Is that even a consideration, or is it the potential of it coming to New Jersey so far out of reach, or the or the area of shale so small that it isn't even considered a factor? Well, most of these companies use contracted workers, so they will send the workers from state to state. It's the same worker; he just travels wherever the rig is going. So, I mean, you have a very limited boost in hotels, restaurants, while the rig is in operation. But then after that, you're left with the pollution and that loss of extra revenue for the town that the drilling is occurring in. And all of that would be concentrated in Pennsylvania. As for job growth directly related to fracking, Pennsylvania has said that in the past year and a half, fracking has created 72,000 jobs throughout the state but that's only in a year and a half, and those jobs are not expected to be long-term, whereas the Delaware River Basin creates 200,000 jobs and, as I said, $4.3 billion in annual wages, and we know that those are sustainable long-term jobs as long as the Delaware River is not contaminated with fracking, wastewater, pollution. Okay, and that leads me back to history if it wasn't all out banned. Is it even a possibility, or is it... If even if they are only allowed to do a certain amount or certain areas, no matter what, the water can become that contaminated that easily. Well, the issue is right now fracking is banned from six major federal environmental laws, including right to know, Superfund, clean water, clean air. Safe Drinking Water Act, and right now we have champions in Congress such as Rush Halt and Marie Tinchy who are working to individually close those loopholes. Right now, Holt has the FRAC Act, which would end the exemption from Safe Drinking Water Act, and he's also put forward the Breathe Act, which would end the exemption from Clean Air Act. So we are starting to see our congressional leaders move forward with closing those loopholes. Yeah, and this is on the federal level, right? Right. Any other, are there any other things being done at the state level besides fracking that have to do with the Breathe Act and the Frack Act that maybe connect with what Rush Holt is doing on Capitol Hill? Well, as part of the municipal resolutions that are being passed, including the one by Highland Park, one of the asks was, that Congress adopt the FRAC Act and the BREATHE Act. So in adopting that resolution, Highland Park asked our congressional leaders to adopt both of those pieces of legislation. Highland Park is really seen as the mover and shaker in doing all this, as I described to Jim. Although there was a lot of talk, Highland Park was the first place that did. So what role does do you or the New Jersey Sierra Club see Highland Park having in the future of seeing uh, of, uh, any environmental initiatives, including the fracking ban as it as it moves forward? And what role is New Jersey Sierra Club taking in helping to advocate for an all-out ban on fracking? Highland Park has 
been a great leader on this issue. Beyond just passing the resolution, uh, members of the council and activists from the community have come down to Trenton to speak to legislators and show their support for fracking. They have really gone above and beyond and are working with our legislators to get this passed and working to educate the greater community of the dangers of fracking. Um, the Sierra Club will be continuing to work towards protecting New Jersey's resources against fracking pollution as the DRBC considers the natural gas development regulations. We'll be working with community members to oppose those regulations and to continue to put pressure on the government or on the governor to sign the frac act or sign the um, fracking ban bill and to vote no on the Delaware River Basin natural gas regulations. And what efforts has the New Jersey Sierra Club been actively taking on in order to push uh, push forward the bill and uh, to vote no? And how are you getting people to call their senators or write their senators, et cetera? What are, the, what are you actually doing? Yes, we've been, we have a campaign right now um, where the public can visit our website and they can send a letter to the governor and to our um, DP commissioner opposing hydraulic fracturing and supporting the ban bill. Um, we've also been working with Food and Water Watch to coordinate calls to the governor's office, and we've been working with um, legislature, legislators to make sure we have the continued support of the ban bill as it hopefully moves off of his desk and by being signed. For more information on Core of the Matter, the weekly public affairs show on 90.3 The Core, you can visit us at thecore.fm. You can check out our previous podcast there. There's an iTunes uh, link you click, and you can download the application that puts a new podcast on your iPod every Tuesday. You can check that out once again at thecore.fm. If you are particularly interested in a certain topic, you can email me at publicaffairsdirector at thecore.fm, or you can check out our Facebook page, which is Core of the Matter at 90.3 through the core or you can check out you, you can also check out our twitter our handle is core of the matter stay tuned my name is sarah morrison and i'm your host of core of the matter i'll be back next tuesday with another fascinating topic uh, uh, going on to your inches you're not going to hear it anywhere else but here but for now going back to the music thanks for listening i'll be back next tuesday here on rlc wvphfm in piscataway 90.3 the core